The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm Sapphire My pronouns are him, his, and he. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, what are we drinking today? I'm searching for new drinks now. I realize we've made over 300 some Close to 300 drinks, yeah. yeah. Well, so, well, more, because we, we made drinks for almost a year before we yeah. even started the podcast. So. Right, so I'm... You know, having to be imaginative when I look for special recipes, right? right? And based on what we have in our cabinet, too. Yeah. So this one is called the French Connection Cocktail. Okay. It's equal parts of cognac and amaretto served over ice. Okay. So it's just a big, big purple drink. Yeah. And it actually is a real drink. Like okay. IBA, it's an official IBA cocktail. Okay. And it was invented based off the namesake 1971 movie. French Connection. The French Connection. Yeah. With Gene Hackman, it was actually in that movie. Oh, really? So that that's it's its just a fancy way to drink cognac, they say. So. I, I guess. Okay, let's yeah. taste it. Mm-hmm. it. Smells lovely. It smells chocolatey, really. Ooh, I don't. It tastes chocolatey, but you can taste the almond too. Mm. That's actually lovely. It's lovely. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Pretty simple. It's two ingredients, equal parts, so you can't go wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. simple. It's a little sweet for me. It is sweet. And That's very, why I think the meltdown factor of the ice might help. Yeah, but I'm surprised how much it tastes like chocolate. Well, it even smells like chocolate. It smells and tastes like chocolate. Yeah, I only get the almond afterwards. I first taste chocolate. Yeah. And then it moves into almond. It's fascinating. Isn't that great? Cognac and almond make chocolate. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now, continuing our conversation with Lily Morley, part two, where we really get deeply into prostate massage. Yes. Okay, so as a dominatrix... How did you come to appreciate the value of prostate massage as part of a scene? So, so like I said, I first of all identified as a dominatrix. And when I initially like offered my services, so to speak, it was just spanking. Basically just spanking and a bit of de- you know humiliation, dealing with a few cross-dressers. And then I started getting messages from people wanting to worship my feet and I was like well that's all right that doesn't hurt anyone so I agreed to those kind of sessions too and then it took after about two weeks I realized that almost every other email was a man wanting me to peg him and to top him with arse play now it's not something that I completely was in the dark about 
I'd first massaged, uh, I had a boyfriend when I was about 17 and we were, you know, hanging out and, <laughs> and he said, would you put your finger inside me? I was like, what? So I had no idea what he was talking about. Anyway, I loved him and I did. And I saw how much he liked it. So it was like, well, I didn't know what I'd just done. I had no idea. So when these guys had uh, these wanted me to do this, I was like, well, you know, I know that people like it. So and I was very aware of their head states, you know, that need for submission, that need for being penetrated or dominated by a, you know, a dominant female. I was like, well, this is something that I'm not completely in the dark about. So I'm going to give it a go. That was the only thing that me and Brian didn't explore together. <laughs> he wasn't up for that. He uh, So every every time I got a request for something, every Tuesday we'd say, okay, well, a guy next week needs to, wants to do wax. So can we do wax together? So we'd do wax together. And then I was able to go see, you know, said sub in said hotel room. And I was able to do wax. So the, the prostate massage and the arse play, that was me going on on my own there. I wasn't, it wasn't something that I was able to practice until it came down to it. But I realised very quickly that men wanted this. Men needed it. They were not asking their partners for it. And they were seeing me to get this need met. And like, I know, you know, I think many, I think we, anyone who's listening to this podcast today knows you know the reasons why men don't want to talk about this it's it's uh when a man wants to be penetrated they're gay well no they're not they they like to feel good that's a man's g-spot so this was something that i was able to offer my clients discreetly safely without any emotional ties in back back right at the beginning i you know i did explore a little bit of role play but um uh with that especially with the cross dressers as well so lots of sissies would come you know i'd see men who wanted to dress as women i'd see men who were completely non you know they weren't sissies they're just regular dudes regular cops regular regular lawyers blue collar workers people who work down at mcdonald's all those the people who wanted to come and get their prostates stimulated or to be pegged or to go through that to find themselves in that uh, submissive bottom position it was across the board there's no specific stereotype it's across the board lots of men wanted it so uh, it was something that i i knew that i had to focus on and become more skilled at so i did and you know it's not hard when you're the only one around doing it i uh i cornered the market there as far as that's concerned for a long time it was because I decided to stop being a dominatrix about three years in. So I did it for about three years. And I realized that the people, my clients and subs who were coming to see me, they were demanding more and more of me, more, more of my time. They wanted to do it for less money. They didn't understand that if you book a session, like I can't book it with someone else, but then they'd just, there'd be a no show. And I was like, in the end, when out of 10 possible bookings, only four would show up. I just thought, I, I can't carry on with this. I can't devote my time and focus my time on people who are going to waste my time. So I stopped doing that. I returned to where I initially started, which was discipline and spanking. That brought about a whole 
different clientele and connections. So we moved on from the BDSM scene with role play and like shiny leather boots and things to pure spanking and discipline, punishment, just the, you know, impact tools and with nothing, nothing else. And I was very glad when I, that was a good change for me where I put the dominatrix label behind me and moved on to the spanking. I had that role now. So I dominatrix moved to disciplinarian. However, I knew the need for men to have their prostates massaged and to be the receiver or, you know, for, for anal sex from a woman. I knew that those two things being perpetrated by a woman was so in their inner core when some it's just a uh, you know a physical thing but for many it was it was a need a need it was, it was a need for them so i continued i changed my name from mistress m as a dominatrix and then when i started identifying as a disciplinarian my name changed to miss m and subsequently miss morley that was my later disciplinarian name but i kept a, another identity completely separate to to Miss Morley for services for just men paying me to peg them. And I did this out of the area. It was a a very underground thing for me. It wasn't, I didn't talk about it to anyone, but I knew there was a need for it. And I knew it was a, a solid income for me. It was something I could do. I could enjoy it. I could earn money in a very short space of time. I could, the safety was pretty simple. I didn't have any, really, apart from my like toy kit, I didn't have any other things. Like before as a dominatrix, I'd have to, I'd have this toy bag. I'd go, go do a session and there'd be like 15 different things. Well, when it was just pegging, you know, I'd just have everything sterile, clean. I was going to say wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, but um, I'm not sure what. <laughs> what the phrase would be so I continued uh, parallel to Miss Morley spanking there was I had this other identity where I would just just peg dudes massage their prostates and help them out that way now that little uh that start that started in about 2016 where my pegging identity came about and non-BDSM there was no power exchange it was purely just girl with a strap on basically and some rubber gloves with lots of lube so I would go out of town I would see seven clients come back and then I'd do it again the next month so the number of people that I was doing this to the number of prostate massages I was giving over the course of a year and then let's let's talk about like that's I've been doing this for 10 years now almost it'll be 10 years in the summer that's a lot of prostate massages so I would see seven clients and for those one hours of their time, you know, they'd come and see me. And for one hour, they were able to be accepted to enjoy us play, to enjoy their having their prostates massaged. Women don't have prostates. Well, actually they do, but I'll talk about that in a second. So a man's prostates, as most of us might know, but some of you might know, that's the male G-spot. Now, when it's stimulated and when there's all that blood when a man's aroused and the prostate stimulated it's extremely erogenous like extremely erogenous it's beyond beyond what some men have ever felt before so i congratulate men who are prepared to 
come and get their prostates massaged either from a, a you know a professional like like I was or with their partners or seeking it out because they know what's good for them sexually you know it's another level of sexual feelings i look at it this way if a man knows about a woman's g spot knows how wonderful it feels for a woman to have her g spot stimulated if a man knows that a g spot is where it's at for a woman and he doesn't stimulate that g spot i think that many people would call him a lousy lover so on the flip side if a woman learns that a prostate is a man's g-spot and doesn't stimulate that for him if he asks her to i think that's pretty shameful well i happen to be a sample of one and i will test to the erogenous nature of prostate massage and how completely different it is from anything i've experienced in the world of sexuality and how wonderful it is to have a partner who's willing to play with my prostate in a way that fulfills on our sexual dynamic and so yeah i'm all in and i absolutely endorse what you're saying as the gospel truth thank you <laughs> i uh i don't like to have to shame a woman you know i don't want to shame my sisters into doing this but knowing the benefits of it like outside the bedroom i'm borderline okay with shaming a woman for not trying especially if their partner has asked for them to do this i think they need to do it for them to explore it be okay with it you know sex feels so good for us humans and probably for the animal you know much of the animal kingdom too sex wasn't created as something that wasn't going to give us pleasure nature needed us to procreate so they made sure how whoever designed us or however it came about evolution has made sure that sex feels awesome because we need to procreate so that being said which moves us nicely on to the prostate massage for health actually now prostate has lots lots and lots of nerve endings which provide awesome feelings for the dude now if that wasn't if we weren't meant to stimulate that prostate why would that be such a massive erogenous zone so i think nature intended us to have good vigorous regular sex now i call i call this poundy poundy sex if a man is not having that hard fucking that that poundy poundy sex that feels so good then his prostate is not being stimulated enough so when it's not stimulated enough the ducts inside the prostate gland get blocked up and cause mischief down there main mischiefs mostly is uh, ed enlarged enlargement of the prostate actually we're not they're not sure whether that comes from the prostate being clogged up but lots of ed and prostatitis which is inflammation of the prostate a lot of it stems from the prostate not being cleaned out those ducts not being cleaned out so if a man's not getting his prostate stimulated enough things are going awry it's not energized enough it's sitting down there not doing anything not energized and uh, not working properly you know there is such a thing as like the sexual healing like having good sex is very good for the sexual organs if it's not being used they're not going to you know use it or lose it you know i think and 
So if, if there's not the vigorous sex happening, somehow this erogenous zone, it needs to be stimulated. The erogenous zone's there, so we want to stimulate it so it's healthier, that increased blood flow. So hence prostate massage. I think that the, the power behind the prostate massage is so underrated that I hope no one in the medical world's listening. Oh, I don't know. Actually, I don't care. Um, then neglect the medical world's neglect to look into prostate massage and its health benefits is borderline neglectful. And I feel it's a massive shame that we've not looked into this. We've not looked into the benefits of prostate massage in the man's overall health, in the functioning of the prostate. And that reason is because it's up a bum. People are embarrassed by it. They don't want to talk about something that might be slightly sexual as a treatment to something that's health, you know, health related. So this complete lack of studying and exploring into prostate massage for health has done a disservice for the men who suffer with prostate problems. And couples, because indirectly, if a man's prostate's not working and it's affecting their sex life, then it's affecting the woman's sex life too. So, you know, it's a sad state of affairs, actually, to find us ourselves in 2021 not being able to look look at this for what it is, which is the energising of a, a gland or muscle through the rectum to help things flow and, and be working properly. I think, I don't know. It's a it's a very antique kind of uh, treatment for people with poor bedroom skills and urination problems. Like in Asia, prostate massage is very much more uh, accepted. It's, it's been around. The, there's texts, ancient texts from the fourth century that talk about it. You know, this isn't a modern thing. It's been working for hundreds of years. So it's not just an old wives' tale. It, it works. So, uh, you know, when you're sitting here talking about health. We do things for our pets, male pets, female pets, what have you, rectum-wise, as a high priority, and we think nothing of it. To have to have anal glands expressed in a dog, let's say, is considered you're caring for your animal because they get clogged. And that's the whole lubrication of the rectum for the animal. And if you think about it, what you're explaining is the healthfulness of the prostate. What I wanted to ask you as a professional doing this, when you get a client, whether they're new or not, what do you require out of them to be prepared to be able to be used by you? Are they told that when you arrive or are they told before you arrive, they need to be prepared a certain way? And the reason I bring this up, even though it may be rudimentary, is because There's a lot of listeners out here who are hearing this for the first time who have never experienced with any type of ass play, whether it's on the female end receiving or male, and they just don't know what they should do. And a lot of people are worried, are not into scat, and are worried about that phenomenon. So share with us. Okay. So so I've not touched on any of how things are prepped on my website or on my FetLife profile. For me, it's important to, uh, when somebody contacts me, when we're talking about what goes on in the session, obviously, this is something that comes up. Now, before in my life, when I was dealing with pegging and strap-on work, a man, a prostate owner, because as 
some some of you might some of the listeners might not know, but um, anyone uh, a, a trans woman uh, has a prostate. In fact, they can't go through surgery. They can't get their bottom surgery, their sexual reassignment surgery, if they didn't don't have a prostate. It's absolutely vital. They've ha- they have to keep their prostate. So, so when a prostate owner came to one of my like a pegging session or an ask play session before, they would have had to have had a full enema prior to coming to see me, because of the amount of in and out that the pegging would have done. Like there's, we, uh, there would have been lots of penetration which requires a full enema the first bit the rectum and then it would have needed you know further up the colon would have been needed to be cleaned too so a preparation for a pegging is vastly different to a preparation for a prostate massage now i tell those people who come to see me now they need to make sure that the first chamber you know inside the anus the rectum that's the only part that really needs to be cleaned. It doesn't need to be extensively cleaned. You don't need the full enema to have to go through with the prostate massage. We're only dealing with the very, the very first bit of inside. So there isn't much. I mean, they, of course, some people will do an enema because they're worried. But for someone such as myself, I'm wearing gloves. There is not much in and out. Once my fingers go inside, they're pretty much inside the whole time. The prostate massage is very delicate. I take my time getting in there. It's not something you don't go in. This is not uh, when a man goes to a doctor's, they get their digital, their DRE, their digital rectal exam to check the, the doctor checking their prostate. This is not, prostate massage is nothing like that. A DRE is when the doctor goes in with gloves and lube, obviously, and he quickly checks the backside, the part of the prostate that he can feel for any lumps and bumps. Now, if a prostate was, I'd say cold, but I don't want to say that. When a man is unaroused, there's not much blood blood flow going on in the prostate. So a doctor can feel, feel any lumps and bumps. I need for the prostate massage to be efficient and for it to be not uncomfortable and painful, there needs to be extra blood flow in the prostate, that whole area. If that extra blood flow takes it from a painful, horrible experience to a welcome experience, it's much more enjoyable. It's comfortable. It feels good. Not like the digital rectal exam. So all of the stimulation is done in such a small space. You don't have to be worried about any um, friends coming to visit. I think someone said to me the other day, they said, oh, aren't you worried about, you know, finding any friends up there, meaning poop? I was like, no, I don't worry about it. There's not too much action going down there. Once my fingers are in, it's very subtle and there's nothing to worry about. Someone laughed at me the other day and said, uh, oh, you must have to deal with so much poop. I was like, I never see any. Like, it's very simple to just get a, a syringe or one of the ball, you call those ass cleaning things. They're like, they're like balls and you suck the water up and you just put it inside, squirt it up and, you know, rinse and repeat. I've never had, I've probably done about 700 prostate massages. In fact, I stopped counting at 700. So I've done more than that. I can honestly say I probably met friends less than 10 times. It's not difficult to clean yourself up there. And with prostate massage, it doesn't get messy. There's not too much going on. It's pretty chill and subtle. So men don't have to worry about that. 
They just have to make an attempt, go to the toilet, find uh, some way of getting some warm, lukewarm water inside them and then expelling it. Pretty simple. And plus, if especially if you're doing this with your partner, like there's nothing to be embarrassed about. No embarrassment. There's no embarrassment my end if there is anything anyway. Like it's not something. And those times that I did see anything, um, my clients wouldn't have known anyway because I don't talk about it. I just clear it up without them knowing. So I don't want anyone to be embarrassed in, in the space with me. Yeah, it's simple. It's not embarrassing at all. It's delightful. Now, Lady Petra has described the way the prostate feels to her like it's a little walnut down there. So tell us about the way the massage goes for you exactly. Okay. So, like I just said, for things to feel comfortable down there, the guy needs to be about, I would say, about 50% aroused. So how I do prostate massage, how I do it, is very different to how a physiotherapist or a doctor would do it. I consider my massage and my prostate massage appointments to be a time of healing, a time of acceptance for the men in their own headspace. Uh, They come to me often with ED peeing problems they're very vulnerable when they come to see me so I have to make sure that they feel comfortable enough to allow me to enter them because it's a very mental thing the anus has two sphincters the first one that everyone knows about that's easily got around that's easily entered there's the second sphincter like about I don't know it feels like about not quite a centimeter in but if a man is not comfortable with what's going on then that's going to be too tight for me to get my fingers in. So he has to be relaxed. He has to be trusting in my role in this. He needs to know that this isn't anything he should be ashamed of. This isn't something that he needs to be scared of. It's not going to hurt. Prostate massages do not hurt. If they hurt, someone's gone wrong. So he needs to be about 50% aroused. Now that usually comes from having... A massage and then I focus on the on the midsection my massage sessions are in a f- couple of sections we have uh, the first few minutes is a full body massage I don't go into too much detail like I don't focus on any particulars like back shoulders legs and then the second section of the massage is what I call the midsection massage MSM now where I focus on below the belly button I focus on the top of the glutes, the inside thighs, the outside thighs, the groin. And when you focus in on that area, the extra blood gets to that area. So I kind of don't need them to be aroused as much because the blood flow from the massage is doing its bit, doing its work. So that increased blood flow to the area, that middle section, will engorge the prostate with much more blood. It, it, I think it grows to about 50% bigger. And that's the point of engorgement that we can be ready and we know that it's going to be a beneficial massage because that extra blood is in that part. Now, for lots of people, that bit, they might think it's painful. It's not. It feels good. So then there's the the full body massage, the midsection massage. Then there's the prostate massage. Now, the front part of the prostate, which is just below the bladder, I can kind of reach that by massaging just behind the mons pubis a a couple of inches below the belly button kind of behind that bone that uh, pubic bone there that's where 
the one part of the external prostate massage can uh, take place. Now, I don't feel comfortable pressing as hard as I need to go with my fingers for that because it is, you know, it's a few inches from this, uh, a couple of inches anyway, from the prostate gland itself. So I do have a Hitachi wand, which is a plug-in one, which is very strong. So in general, that any harder pressure on that external point behind the pubic bone is done by the Hitachi wand. And at that point, you can see usually see that the prostatic fluid, the fluid that the prostate makes, is already coming out the end of the penis. So even from that first tiny bit of stimulation, the prostate is doing its job by creating prostatic fluid and it's coming out. I guess they call it pre-cum. I, I don't really, I don't know. I'm not, I think that's what it is. Pretty sure that's what it is. So that's the first part of the external. So then the second part of the external part is... In between, so I massage and loosen up the muscles on the perineum. So the taint, this, that space between the anus and the bottom, of the, like where the testicles are. I guess it's inside of the bottom of the penis. So all that air is extremely tight. And so I will massage with my hands that whole area, increase blood flow there. And again, with the Hitachi wand, I can direct stimulation to the prostate, like the under part of the prostate through the perineum. So... So we've reached the top part, now we're reaching the bottom part, and then it comes to the internal part. So that's the point where we can reach all of the backside of the prostate. And it takes, I don't know, I probably spend about 10 minutes inside the man, pressing the two lobes, like it's got two sections with like a, it really does look like a walnut <laughs> with that kind of a chasm in the middle. So I'll spend 10 minutes gently pressing the different parts, going in a, a set flow. I start at the bottom and then I go up one side, gently pressing, and then I go up the other side. Most people I'm able to get two fingers inside them. They're totally optional, but if I can, I feel like I'm doing a, a better job. Yeah, having those two fingers up there, I'm able to like, I guess it's, yeah, just like encouraging the flow down into the part where it would drain. I'm able to do that. So I put long pressure I tap which tapping is good I can do the tapping really well with two fingers inside I can do circles I can do strokes at the same time as my hand being inside I also I can like kind of push down on the external part so I, as I'm my fingers inside and I'm massaging kind of upwards because the man's on his back I like to do this with the man on his back not on his knees so my fingers are going up tapping and then I put pressure on his pubic bone behind his pubic bone so I'm able to kind of like squeeze like a squeezing action of the prostate and that I find when I've done that it kind of bumps up the the creation of the prostatic fluid that kind of squeezing action I don't know if science knows any of this like I'm not sure I think tantra people know about it people who who are aware of you know tantric sex I think they know about all of this but I do feel like I'm flying on the you know, see my pants here. I, I've just had to discover all these things and techniques on my own. There's a good few books. Charlie Glickman has a book, uh, very beneficial to me at the start there. But there's certainly lots of the techniques that I use that I've just kind of just found myself. And yeah, it's been it's been a cool journey trying to figure out how to kind of perfect, not perfect it, but just like decide concretely how I'm going to do this. So, so yeah, 10 minutes on the prostate, and then 
then there's this last bit. Now, this is where lots of people are going to question me or like, I know this is what they think. You know, they question about this last piece of the massage. Now, people say, well, what happens if I get aroused? Well, I need them to get aroused. It means the prostate's working. You know, what if, uh, you know, I might feel stupid. Well, you know what? I don't feel stupid if you're getting aroused. I do need everyone to come to me knowing that they may feel vulnerable they may be in a vulnerable situation you know in a setting with a person they don't know or that barely know i've got my fingers up their bum and they've got an erection now for me this is a non-issue i'm glad they've got an erection it means their prostate's working it means the muscle in the prostate's working it means all the nerves in that whole area in the pelvic floor things are working we want that we need to see that now then there's the question like well what if i come well that does happen sometimes, that I can be inside a man. It happened literally a month ago. A man hadn't had a hard enough erection to have sex with his wife for two years. He saw me the week before, he did the prostate massage. The next week, started the prostate massage. Within four minutes, he'd ejaculated without orgasm. So that's what we call milking the prostate. He'd never felt that before. And afterwards i carried on doing because i didn't i'd only just started the prostate massage and he ejaculated but i hadn't kind of finished it so i carried on because you know we cleaned up and i carried on and he got an erection and he was looking at me actually we didn't say anything until <laughs> at the end i said was that erection hard enough for you to have had sex with your wife he said i've not had an erection for two years that's the hardest my penis has been in two years and yeah incredible that's amazing and and the thing that i've noticed is that when prostate is stimulated we do this as part of our sexual interaction my ejaculations are extended extended more powerful and just feel completely different than an ordinary ejaculation without prostate totally my focus since the pandemic started and i I quit professional kink, so I, I no longer peg anyone. I no longer offer ass play. My sole focus is on prostate massage for health. However, the two, prostate massage for health and prostate massage in the bedroom, they overlap completely for m most people. If people can be comfortable being okay with ass play on the man, his orgasms will be when they choose to partake in that, you know, in that area, his orgasms will be through the roof and that very play itself will help him health-wise and with his future sex life. With prostate massage, we're energizing that whole area to make it so it functions better. And, you know, men don't want that area to fail. And such a simple, such a simple thing can help them so much for not failing it's such a shame that they can't embrace this thing and benefit from, you know, the next level orgasm. So the prostate's a pretty manly thing. Women don't have it. Well, they have the skein's gland, which is kind of like the, the prostate gland. But, you know, the prostate is a third, basically a third of a man's sexual thing. We've got the testicles, penis and the prostate. You'd think that men would be wanting to do everything within their capabilities to make sure that that organ and muscle, because it's, it's a gland and a muscle, that it's in top working order. 
so that they can function, so that they can, you know, have sex with their wife and that their orgasms are powerful and intense. It's kind of funny. It's like a secret. People who know about it, it's like a little secret they have that only a few people know about it. Yeah. Crazy. Profoundly important, I think. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. I really, really appreciate you sharing yourself with us. This conversation has been incredible and it's going to help tons of people. A ton of people. So thank you. Thank you so much. You are a contribution. Huge contribution. You really are. And I acknowledge you as a contribution for men's health and for men's sexual health and also for improving relationships between partners because it's worth this is this is something worth exploring if you're in a sexual dynamic. And just demystifying like the taboos of, of this type of play or health exploration. I mean, it's important that our pod gets out to obviously kinksters, but also the vanilla public and say, hey, we all can do this. And thank you for coming on, really. Thank you. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Thank you.